And we're back on the Bigfoot Pro Wrestling Podcast with Podcast Guy. Wow, thanks for having me, man. Be talking to some of the fans up in the, the Pacific Northwest. Your Demi got a death. Pretty good, darling. Pretty good. Yo! We're the Voros twins. They know we like PCO to the horror show. Freaking me out, man. <laughs> Freaking me out, yo! We are leaving the station! L-Train, take us out! Hey yo, this is the L Train, and uh, we're back for another great episode. We got Matt Farmer on hold over here, waiting to pull him on. Uh, part two of that uh, great episode we did last week uh, here, episode number one seventy-seven. I brought in a special guest to do the opening with me here uh, this evening. It's been a while since I talked to him. At one point, he had been on more Bigfoot Pro Wrestling podcasts than anyone. I don't know if it's him or Max has got the lead anymore, but it doesn't matter. My good pal, Beast Mode Manny on Twitter, Manny man, how's it going, brother? It's going, man, and it's been a minute, and I, I, uh, I appreciate you having me once again on here. How you doing, dude? I'm doing all right. It's kind of been a, kind of a hard weekend, you know. Uh, my dog had some problems, but uh, we got him on some steroids. He's actually looking pretty good over the last 24 hours. So uh, update there for anyone that uh, wants to hear that. Uh, I know you're a big dog person, but uh, besides that, the Hawks game yesterday was pretty shitty. You know, but uh, other than that, it was pretty decent weekend. I mean, what do you do anymore, man? Did you watch the game? Yeah, unfortunately, I did see that game. I mean, <laughs> um, I, I thought after the loss that they had the week before, things were going to be looking a lot better, but it, it seems like they're kind of in a rut right now. Um, even Russell Wilson, that, that the team relies on so much, was not pl- playing at his level that we're used to seeing him play at. Um, I'm not really sure what's going on, but hopefully they can do something because uh, they they started off the season so strong, and right now I'm I'm kind of worried. Well, I think in the last what four games we're three and or one and three I should say because we were what yeah. like five and zero oh, and now we're uh, six and three, and then uh, to even make it worse they six got the right now. the, uh, the Cardinals this Thursday night with a bunch of yeah, injuries. Yeah, they, on they got defense. a short week coming up. They got the Cardinals Thursday night football. They, the, the quarterback for the Cardinals is great. Um, the first time that I saw that quarterback play was against the Seahawks, and I was really impressed. So um, it's, it's going to be a challenge. Dude, our defense has a hard time with those guys that can run around like that because, you know, our guys can are barely covering the pass right now and stuff. And if they blitz and those running guys, it's like it's rough on them big time, big time. But, yeah, Russell, man, I think he's been having a problem the last couple games after he was looking so – like an MVP those first so many games. So it's, uh, it's just a little disappointing, but, uh, I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens, uh, this, uh, Thursday night. Do you have a prediction for that game? I got to go with the Seahawks. Huh? <laughs> am I, am I really a Hawks fan? If I, if I say that, I don't think that they're going to win. I, I, I think that they're going to win every game that they're playing. Uh, unfortunately it hasn't been that way these past few weeks, but you know, ho- hopefully, uh, defense can pick it up. Hopefully Russell can b- get back into his groove. Um, I was really hopeful that once Jamal Adams came back from injury, that the defense was going to amp up once again, but now they're, they're still struggling. I I know some people are, are, uh, calling for the firing of the DC. I don't know. I don't know if that's going to fix anything, but we'll see. I don't know if that's quite time to get rid of him yet. Uh, Ken Norton. I mean, he has been faced with like how many guys we're missing our two starting quarterbacks. We're missing, you know. Uh, our safety there for a while until, like you said, he came back this game. You know, the defensive ends have struggled. They had to bring in another guy over there. So I don't know if I'd quite fire him yet. I mean, yesterday they didn't do 
half bad. They kept us in the game enough so we could win that. I know it's a wrestling podcast. We're talking some Seahawks here real quick. But, um, man, they, they kept us in the <laughs> game enough, I thought. They got that big turnover, and then Russ gave it right back to them. And then so, I don't know. They all they almost kind of played well enough for our usual offense to win. Yeah, I think uh, last week's loss was mainly on the defense, but this week was – pretty much on both of them, uh, defense and the offense. Um, kind of, it, it's disappointing to watch, <laughs> you know, I, I kind of <laughs> miss those games where, um, they have us having a mini heart attack up until the end and then they take the win. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's still quite a few games left in the season, so it's not over yet. No, it's, it's definitely not over. Uh, I think, I think you're right. We're going to win that Arizona game. I believe it's here, right? We played last time down there and just barely lost, right? Or did they beat us here? I can't even remember now. But, uh, man, it's going to be a Uh, great game. uh, The the game's going to be here in in Seattle. Oh, okay. Thanks, man. Because, like I was going to say, that last game, the defense kept in it. We had chances to win. Even that Arizona game, we almost came back. I mean, Russell nailed that long bomb to uh, number 83 more. And then, you know, even after that, they still had a chance. But, man. Our, our guys always have a chance, but I hate these games every week where it comes down to that stuff. <laughs> Almost yeah. <have> heart attack, baby. <laughs> I, I wanted to see more more uh, more from DK on the on this last game. DK yeah. Metcalf. So I was wondering where he was at. You know, for the first he was half, pretty open on some of those drives. He was open on some of those, and in the first half, I was like, "It's all right, Russell's you know using him as a decoy right now." Blah 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 blah. But then as it got into the third quarter and the fourth quarter, and I'm like, he's only like throwing him one ball, I think, if I can remember at that yeah. point. And it was just like, all right. You know, back in the day, Randy Moss, one of the greatest long ball catchers of all time, even if he was covered by two or three guys, Culpepper and uh, Randall Cunningham, they would just throw it out there, dude, just to give him a chance. And if, if he didn't catch it, no one was going to catch it because he would throw it high. And it's like, with DK, they might have to do that sometimes. I mean, even some of those matchups, DK would clearly win them if, if he was tested on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was up against a cornerback that was like 5'10", mm-hmm. wide open. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully they, they make some changes this upcoming week and we can get some wins. Well, they got to throw it up high. But anyway, man, let's uh, let's get out of football mode. Let's talk a little something important that, uh, you know, you were nice enough to let me in. Uh, it is uh, Defy... Brovember, man, it's uh, the no shave November. You know, guys like yourself that have huge beards are using your beards. I I have a very slim, very skinny, very not much there beard and mustache. So I'm also using my uh, my uh, my head. I have to post my shots. I got a little busy this weekend, like I was telling you. So I'll take them after uh, tonight and uh, get them posted up. But uh, you recently posted yours. Looks like you're getting a little little gruff on there. A little, a little stubble, you know, usually, uh, during the year I, I keep my beard. It's not the biggest beard, but I do keep it on year round. It's kind of part of my look. Uh, the only time that I shave it off completely is in November. I've been doing this whole, uh, no shave November for about maybe eight or seven years now. Um, I was doing it kind of like on, on my own. It's something that, that I made a tradition for myself. Um, but once I started going to the defy shows myself and some of the the, the friends, the Defy bros, uh, we, we kind of came up with this idea of, of doing it together, kind of a, a bonding experience. And, you know, once we had that Defiance page, I, I shared it on there also. I reached out to Defy, you know, shout out to, to Jim, shout out to Farmer, shout out to Annie. Um, and we collaborated on the scarves. We did it last year, which was a big success. 
you know, the, the night of the show when they went on sale, they sold out completely. I think they did a, a limited run of 50 scarves um, and $5 of each sale went to our uh, the Fibro Vember page on the No Shave November. <laughs> um, this year we're doing the same thing. It, it's a little different. You know, you got to order it online. But I, if I'm correct, there are still plenty available. So contact Annie or hit up Defy, purchase a scarf. $5 from each uh, purchase is going to the cause. And uh, even even if, you know, you, you can't buy that, if you just want to donate, if you can't give any money, you know, I, I know these times are difficult on any on everybody right now. Uh, if you just don't want to shave and kind of share the message, you can do that also. Uh, so yeah, right now it's, it's week two. And uh, I'm finally starting to feel a little normal with the facial hair. It was kind of bugging me for a bit. I don't, I, I'm not a fan of the, the clean shaven look uh, for myself. But um, yeah, you know, thank you for, for reaching out and, and spreading the message and participating this year. I, I think it's fun. It's a little something to look forward to. Oh, it was fun, man. I got to that last day of the month, shaved up the head, shaved up the face. You know, I've been doing the head shaving lately because it's, you know, I don't, I, I'm not young like you, man. You got this full head of beautiful hair that you could just grow these beautiful flowing locks. It, you know, I used to have that, but it's. Don't pretty... jinx it, man. Don't jinx it. You haven't <laughs> Sorry. seen my dad. Sorry, man. But, uh, you know. <laughs> it's it's going to happen eventually. And, yeah, I, I feel like ever since a kid, I, I kind of grew to accept the reality of the future, but. Is. It's no issue. There's nothing wrong with not having any hair. No, no, man. You just you know? work with it. You and and with right it. now, you know, I'm trying to keep it short with the whole quarantine. I haven't gotten a haircut in a barber shop this year since uh, January. Getting it at home. <laughs> uh, the, the COVID cuts, you know. Um, and I, I know that shops were open these past few months. But now, uh, yep. as of maybe by, by the time this podcast comes out, everything will be under lockdown once again. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's for, it's for the best. It is, man. But, uh, yeah, I'm starting to get, uh, I don't know. You could probably can't even see it here on the, on the video, but, uh, starting to get a little bit up here on the top. My, my head grows a little quicker than my face does. So I went all in on it with both of it just to make it, uh, viable. Cause you know, it wouldn't be impressive if I just used my facial hair. Cause I could go for a month and it barely looked <laughs> like I didn't shave. <laughs> I feel like. I, I honestly feel like this is the, the best month to participate, the, the best year maybe to do this, because um, everybody's wearing a face mask. If you don't feel comfortable with people seeing you without your facial hair, they're not even going to notice, you know? <laughs> when you get home, that's that's when people are going to see you without facial hair, and maybe they everybody in your house should see you without facial hair at some point, right? And <laughs> I, I don't think that's too out of the ordinary, so... Yeah, man. And, and uh, you were saying to get at uh, Annie, it's, uh, I think on Twitter, she's at Annie XVX. And then, uh, yeah, hit up Annie, uh, hit up the Defiance page on Facebook. If you want to purchase a scarf, hit up Defy on Twitter. I mean, it, it's not hard to find them. Um, you can, you can Venmo her or PayPal her the money and she'll ship it to you. Um, I know they also have a lot of merch. You know, they they had that sale recently with uh, Ethan HD and Mix. I'm still <laughs> waiting on my shirt that I purchased, but uh, it'll get here. You know? Get on that, guys. Come on, Defy. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was a fun, fun night. We'll get to that in a second, man. But there's also the um, yeah. <clears throat> the Defy Bro page that you set up here. It's uh, noshave.org, you know, slash team slash Defy Brovember on there. And you can find the link on your page. You have it... Uh, your uh, top tweet, correct? Yeah, correct. I, I have it on my Twitter. Pinned, uh, pinned tweet is, I guess, what I should say. About, uh, you, you can find it on my Twitter. You can find it on the Defiance page. I've made a few posts about that also. 
Um, you'll probably even do a search on there if you wanted to to find the team page. But um, yeah, I, I think it's for a great cause. Like I said, you know, I, I know not everybody can maybe spend as much as they would other years. I, I know things are kind of difficult for everybody, myself included. But um, it's, it's for a good cause, you know, even though we have uh, the, the big uh, elephant in the room, which is COVID, there's still other things going on. There's still <laughs> other uh, diseases that need to be taken care of. And uh, this one is focused on uh, cancer, cancer, uh, raise awareness, try to find a cure. That's something that uh, can always use a little more money to help out the cause. You know what I'm saying? Man, uh, but thanks for heading it up, Manny. Thanks for you and the Defy Bros for doing it, man. Uh, thanks for letting me uh, jump in, participate. It's, like you said, a great cause. And uh, too bad we're not uh, able to meet in person at one of the shows, you know, and uh, get those scarves in person. But it is what it is. Uh, and uh, But wait till 20, maybe 21, mid-year somewhere. We'll, we'll see each other again in person for those uh, for those great matches again. Yeah, and, and even if you're not able to use the scarves outside right now, you will eventually. You know, this isn't going to be forever. It's going to be cold eventually when you go out, when you're finally able to go to a wrestling show. I mean, think about uh, how many promotions or companies have merch that is a scarf. That's pretty cool. I know it a lot is. of people are, are fans of the Sounders, and they do the scarves too. Um, maybe being able to collect the scarf each year is a new thing, different designs. Um yeah, I mean, I, I think it's awesome. I have my scarf from last year, and I'm going to get my mm-hmm. scarf from this year, too. We have a scarf and, from last uh, year uh, in the closet as we speak, and Mrs. Clams probably busts it out more than I do because, I, you know, I forget what's in the closet. So, you know, she busts it out, awesome. and then it looks great. Oh, yeah, man. Rock it. But, uh, you know, it's been hard, like we said. We haven't been able to hit wrestling shows, haven't been able to hit concerts, man. Uh, you know, what's a brother do to keep busy over there, man? I know you got your uh, beautiful dog and your family, but... Uh, you know, up until now you could get out a little bit, but now it's kind of going back the other way. What do you do to keep uh, busy? What do you do to keep yourself sane, Manny? Uh, well, yeah, good question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we did get a, a, a doggy during quarantine. We got a puppy uh, the month of April. So she, she's brought a lot of joy to the house, a lot of, uh, I don't know. I mean, she, she just keeps you busy, it's... keeps you running around, um, it's kind ca- of encourages you to move and, and walk her and stuff. It's called cool. love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much <laughs> needed. I, I don't know where we'd be right now with her. Um, I've been, what- been taking her on walks. Bought a, bought a treadmill recently a few months ago. Got the weights, trying to stay active so I can uh, actually, you know, walk out the door when they say it's safe to. <laughs> fit through the door. Um, got the video games. Got, you know... Netflix and Hulu and all that. I've been watching a lot of different series on Prime. Watched the the boys on there. That was pretty good. Um, wrestling. I mean, you know, there, there, there's so much you can do, right? <laughs> trying to stay busy right now. Uh, what about you? Oh man, pretty much the. <clears throat> pardon me. The same thing. Just you know, hanging with the dog, and you know, I've been working. You know. I did have six weeks off earlier in the uh, pandemic that I uh, got paid the unemployment when there was that kind of extra dough out there too with the stimulus package and all that. But, you know, now our government can't get anything together and we don't have to worry about anything getting together for probably two more months. You know what I'm saying? I don't get into politics too much, but on the podcast, I should say. But anyway, enough yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, just watching uh, TV, binge watching stuff, you know, just hanging out with the family. uh my son, Nick, he comes down from his room, you know, when we can drag him out of there once in a while as 20 year old, you know, how often does he want to come down and watch a uh, TV with his parents or whatever, you know, but we, we've been watching everything underneath the moon, the Disney channel, the Mandalorian, 
you've been up on that, right? That's uh, one of your favorite Mandalorian. shows, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I re- recently caught up on that. Uh, Dude, there great, was great series, a lot of fun. Oh, it's fabulous, man! I love, love the, that baby Yoda. Uh, love. Oh, well, they call it the child, right? The the real name is the child, but we all uh, call it baby Yoda. Going to be baby Yoda for me. Oh, I love it, and I love that one with uh, t- that first one with Timmy Timothy Oliphant. Um, oh, he yeah. was on uh, the show on uh, FX. Top of my head, I can't remember what it was, but I loved it. But uh, really love that one with the with the armor, and they had to go fight that giant like lizard or whatever the hell it was out in the desert that was something else yeah, yeah spoiler yeah. alert sorry <laughs> yeah i don't i don't want to give up too much pay but but it's been a great season just like the first one i, I would highly uh recommend you check it out uh sasha banks makes a makes a cameo this season she yep. does a great job I, I thought it was awesome i mean i i kind of like the fact that they're releasing it every week you know, every Friday kind of give you something to look forward to. It's really awesome. I, I love that show, the bunch of stuff on Disney, but, uh, and then also, you know, watching wrestling. I, I don't, I'm not a WWE guy myself anymore. The storylines don't work for me. I'm not here to bad mouth it myself. I know, you know, other people like it. I think you, you watched, you know, WWE and NXT, or at least NXT a lot, but, uh, I've been really loving the, uh, AEW shows and some of the shows that you can find on independent, uh, TV, independence, independent wrestling.tv. And then also uh, fight TV, like the, uh, the game changer wrestling shows and things like that for a while. I think all that stuff's kind of getting shut down now too, if I'm not mistaken, but, uh, you know, what have you been thinking about the no crowd wrestling shows and, you know, the, the social distancing wrestling shows that they've been having outside and things like that? What is your opinion on all this kind of uh, wrestling stuff that's going on right now? I feel like when it's done right, that that's perfect, but it, it's so easy for them to mess it up. I mean, by not enforcing the testing uh, recently, the, the month of October, I mean, GCW had, I, I think it was 12 shows in three days themselves and, and other promotions that kind of worked together and, and made a three day weekend called the collective. And, uh, you know, it was a great idea, except for the fact that there's a giant pandemic going on and it turns out, you know, they didn't enforce the testing on the wrestlers and a lot of people got sick out of that. A lot of wrestlers had to, you know, miss time out of the ring uh miss time out of their regular jobs where they make a living it just kind of feels selfish it kind of feels unnecessary um you know i I understand that they want to continue to bring a a product out for the fans and uh, a way for the wrestlers to continue to make money i I feel like the best option would be to do shows with no fans um unless they have the, the monetary means like the big companies like wwe and AEW, where they can enforce these strict testing guidelines um i don't think it's possible and and even those big companies they they get positive tests i mean both companies have had these issues it, it kind of makes you uh, as a fan kind of take a step back and and wonder and ask yourself you know is it even necessary right now yeah, you're right, because, you know, you know, the big companies like WWE, AEW, you know, maybe Ring of Honor and Impact and New Japan, they can afford to do the testing for their, their people and make sure everything's... But even, like you said, they're still getting it. So how is, you know, a, sp- a small promotion that's put on a show, even though maybe the people at Crowd are social distancing, they don't know... Maybe that guy didn't get a test, maybe he didn't. I don't know what they're asking for, what are the regulations right now. Oh, you didn't get your test? Oh, well, yeah, how you feeling? You know, are we just going to wrestle anyway? You know, and I don't know what's going on at some of those shows that have the have the fans at them and stuff. But, uh, 
yeah, there needs to be a little, uh, little more there, but I don't know how they would do it, right? No, oh, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of difficult to kind of uh, say, well, well, they should do this, they should do that, when you're not there making these decisions. Um, I do know that I, I do know that AEW has been pretty lenient with allowing their talent to work independent shows, um, and I feel like that's a giant risk for them. You know, they, they've had to pull talent from their shows because they've come in contact with infected people or they've got it infected themselves. When you have such a big company with a TV deal with weekly, you know, weekly obligations that they have to produce content, um, I really feel like they should get a lot stricter in that aspect. Yeah, and like you were saying there, and then it affected, I believe, uh, for instance, Joey Janela. Joey Janela. I know Lance Archer came into contact with somebody, and he had to miss like two weeks and then he came back uh he wrestled john moxley that week that he wrestled john moxley just a few days before john moxley was working blood sport in the collective right it might have not even been enough time to know if moxley uh had the disease or if he came into contact with anybody that had it you know, I, I do recall uh hearing some interviews from moxley where he said that uh he stayed in a separate hotel from all the talent he kind of isolated himself while he was there but i mean regardless nobody can really uh pinpoint what needs to be done to avoid getting sick i mean the only thing you can really do is not participate i guess i mean every day we're learning something new and it's just (laughs) i if i was you know tony khan i I would not allow the champion to work those type of shows right now no you're not incorrect to you know not have your talent they're going to be tv every four you know Every week and then every few months you got your pay-per-view. You don't want them kind of mixing in there. I didn't even think about it until after all the collective stuff started coming out afterwards, right? You know, and so that kind of kind of sucked. But, uh, you know, beyond that, I do like the way AEW has been kind of running their no, well, now they have a crowd. And it almost looks like the crowd's a little getting too much at that pay-per-view last week or last the week before. They had a lot of people in that crowd. I don't know what you thought about that. I'll get your opinion in a second. But as far as their uh, their weekly shows, I thought they were doing a really good job with just having the wrestlers at ringside and uh, kind of cheering it on until their crowd came back. I thought that was a good uh, a good idea. Yeah, I, I think AEW is at 25% capacity right now, which is uh, the normal norm over there in uh in the state of Florida, um, they're running in the day Dally's place. I think the venue is called, um, even the, the Jaguar stadium, they're running 25% capacity too. And I feel like some of these States, I mean, just because they say that you can, it doesn't mean that you should. Um, I, I feel like it's a risk right now. And then, you know, you're watching these pay-per-views, you're watching the TV tapings, they go to the fans and some of those people are not wearing the face mask. Some of those people are cheering. Some of those people have the face mask just covering the mouth and not the nose. I mean, it's worrisome. Um, but I guess some people just can't wait. Well, it seems like since the uh, beginning of this and all through it, the the, the rules in Florida have been a, a little different than uh, most other places. Uh, it seems like. But, uh, yeah, that, that uh, pay-per-view, it seems like they had a little too many people in that little bit of a – that amphitheater-ish place that they have. I don't know. <clears throat> no, I, I agree. And, you know, I, I know that a lot of people that live in Washington have criticized, okay, why can these states have this and we can't? It feels like uh, Washington State has been one of the strictest in that aspect. I mean, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, every, every couple of weeks or so, the Seahawks have to release a statement and let people know, hey, we're still not going to have fans in the stadium. I don't disagree with it, honestly. No, I feel no, like no. like people are not taking this serious enough, and that's why we're seeing the spike in cases, and that's why we have to go back to the lockdown. For myself, nothing's really going to change. I'm not going out. I'm I'm not you know hanging in large crowds. I haven't. I've seen you know friends, maybe uh, two friends since this happened, and it's just been you know socially distanced with the mask on. Do I miss being able to hang out and go to bars and restaurants and concerts and wrestling shows? Yeah, I do. You know, every, everybody misses how life was before this. But at the same time, I mean, I, I feel like it's a group effort and uh, we have to be a little strict right now. We have to do things that we don't want to with, with the hope and, and the, uh, I don't know, hope, hopefully this can end soon. Mm-hmm. Well, one uh, cool wrestling thing that I want to bring up, a couple guys that were announced for it, is the uh, next, what, Super J Cup in uh, Japan, which uh, didn't that uh, piece of that take of their place like, uh, last year here? But, uh, man, and uh, Clark Connor's going to be in that, Leo Rush. Man, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, Super J Cup is going to be great. I mean, usually every year that they have done it, it's been 16 participants. This year they're doing eight, uh, a little bit smaller, but I think it's going to be great. Um, if I'm not mistaken, they're going to be doing it in the U.S., not in Japan. Mm. Um, Japan is running uh, some shows in, in California and L.A. by where uh, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood does okay. their taping. They've been using that venue, um, which is why you see a lot of like the, the Championship Wrestling from Hollywood guys working the New Japan shows and vice versa. I know Clark Connors is going to be on that primetime wrestling on Tuesday. Mm. He's going to be wrestling uh, Danny Limelight. I cool, you know. Um, Chris Bay is going to be on there. Nice. He's been having a great year. I think he'd have an even better year this year if it wasn't for the pandemic. We might have seen him in PWG this year. Oh, dude, he's killing it everywhere. Lower. Impact Wrestling. Yeah, he's, he, he's great. Yeah. He's great. Um, they have a great lineup. ELP is going to be in it, the, the champion from last year, you know, the winner of the Super J Cup. Uh, it's going to be great content. And uh, it, it seems like New Japan is, is taking this very serious as far as uh, expanding and growing the U.S. market. Dude, how fun was that show in person last year uh, out in Tacoma? Defy hosting, uh, you know, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, man, that was a really good time. Two great nights. Uh, fun, fun, fun. There was also a title change the second night, but I'm not talking about that. <laughs> nah, it was surreal. I mean, I had Will Ospreay and Amazing yep. Red doing all these dives right next, right in front of me, and seeing these stars from Mexico and these, seeing these stars from Japan and seeing the legend Justin Liger, you know, Justin Liger in a Defy ring. It was amazing. I mean, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm glad we were able to witness that. And and uh, I'm sure if if we didn't have the pandemic this year, I think we wouldn't have seen New Japan once again in the Pacific Northwest. Um, hopefully, you know, when this is over, we, we can get them back here. Cause from what I hear, they really enjoyed it. You know, they, they enjoyed the, the electricity of the fans <laughs> up here and they enjoyed the atmosphere. Um, it was, it, was, it was great. It was definitely a hot crowd, man. Hot crowd in there, uh, for night one and definitely the defy show the next night, man, that a lot of fun. And like you said, uh, seeing Juice and Thunder Liger in person, you know, on his, uh, farewell tour, and then to see him uh, in the ring with Brian Pillman Jr. the next night, that was freaking amazing. Uh, that's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, I think. I think that's the only time they've ever been in the ring together, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. Yeah, that was the only time. And, and uh, you know, I, I think the only reason why we weren't able to see them kind of do that one-on-one -on -one match that everybody wanted to see 
Uh, the reason why it turned into a, a tag match is the politics. I mean, once once you get these guys that are from companies and they're working in independent promotions and all that, you know, it, it just gets a little bit more complicated. But um, it was still awesome to see. It was, it was awesome to see Clark Connors come back. Yeah. You know, see him improve so much since working with Shibata in, uh, in New Japan. And I feel like he's going to have a very bright future also. Man, great, great, fun couple nights. But uh, speaking of some Defy stuff, man, uh, have you, uh, you got your Patreon account? You checking out that? Did you check out that thing with Brody King uh, that they did? I, I do not have my Patreon account yet. That's bad on me. Um, I did want to sign up to watch that Brody King one, but it, it went up the same night as the Seahawks because they had that Sunday night football, so I had to pick and choose. Uh, eventually I am going to sign up for that Patreon account. I am going to check it out because, you know, you have to support the company right now that, that there's nothing going on. There's no shows. We got to make sure they're still around. Uh, we got to make sure that Defy is still strong by the time that it is safe and we can, uh, blow the roof off Washington hall. Dude, I can't wait to get back to those, uh, shows. So much fun. I mean, I don't even think there's any content left for, uh, on demand on uh, independentwrestling.tv or, uh, you know, over on the other one that they put their stuff on. Uh, uh, I can't remember right now. But anyway, there's stuff that they do on demand, Defy on demand, too. Um, I don't think they got any more stuff. Are they pretty much up to date on that as far as you can remember? Yeah, I think it's up to date right now. Um, I, I think for the new content, you would have to check out the Patreon. I think it's a really cool concept. Uh, having the the talent do the podcast with Kevin Beers, and then they're they're doing the rewind where they have the talent do a watch along with some of their matches that they've had at Defy, and kind of give some background um, information. Okay, this match, this is what I enjoy. This is what I remember from that night. Um, some some kind of tidbits. I mean, I don't know if you remember watching those VH1 pop up videos kind of thing that they had back in the day with the music videos. That's kind of the the vibe that I would get from it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to sign up for that Patreon and, and I, I would hope that everybody that considers themselves a, a fan of Defy would do that also. I mean, it's only $5 a month. Check it out, support. I, I did hear that the, the most recent episode of the podcast is going to feature Cody Chun. So mm-hmm. shout out to Cody. Got to check that out. Cody, Cody, Cody fucking Chun. Yes, sir. <laughs> Sorry. I had to go there, man. But, uh, and man, were you watching that night just on defywrestling.com where they were having the sale? I think you said you did. You even bought a shirt. Correct. Uh, that, that was pretty cool. I mean, Ethan HD and, and Steve Miggs have some great chemistry. Uh, they work very well together, and, and I would not mind them maybe doing a podcast together or even doing that little show every once in a while. Um, they have plenty of merch. I, I, I still think they have lots of merch on the website check it out i bought a shirt i'm waiting for it to get here i think i got the notification recently um yeah they they had a lot of uh posters those posters are awesome jim designs those posters he's very talented um if, if you haven't gotten those posters i suggest you do fill up your walls with some defy mm. real cool stuff i would love to have more of those posters i wish i would have bought a lot of them along the way as we were going i do have the one because it was given to me because i got to sit on the stage at the wrestle summit not the first year. It was uh, Wrestle Summit two night one. What the PCW Ultra Women's Champion was there. Oh man, I can't remember now off the top of my head. I'm sure you know it. But uh, that was a great, great night. But that's the only poster yeah, I man. got, man. Wrestle, Wrestle Summit two was great. Yeah, it was a great year last year, and and this was going to be another great year filled with uh, lots of amazing wrestling and new faces and 
fly-ins from all over the world. But, uh, <laughs> you know, COVID kind of put everything on pause right now. Um, I know some, some promotions are still running shows right now. I'm not really sure when Defy plans on doing that once again, if, if they're going to go that no fan route. I mean, it, it's not really my decision for that. I'm just a fan, and uh, I, I do hope that, you know, this can all end soon so we can all be cheering and yelling and booing and all of that stuff that we like to do. <laughs> cheering, chanting, drinking our beers, eating our burgers, you know, all that kind yep. of stuff, having a blast, you know, there and uh, other places around the Northwest that we all like to go to, man. But, uh, you know, you're going to hear some information maybe about that. I can't say it's good information, but uh, Matt Farmer. He's on hold. He's sitting here waiting for part two as soon as me and you get done, man. It was a great, great conversation. He was here last week. We talked a lot of good stuff, including uh, Jim Valley, who is, uh, you know, recovering as we speak here, man, getting better each and every day uh, if you follow Jim. And so I'm so happy about that. And then uh, Matt and I talked about so much more. Don Owens, Wrestle Observer, Hall of Fame. We talked a ton of stuff last week. And then we talk a whole bunch more stuff this week. It's mostly uh, Defy. We I, I give them a bunch of names like Clark Connors, Leo Rush, uh, Cobb, Darby, you know, a bunch of people, Cody Chun, and just get his uh, his vibe on those guys and how they've been doing and uh, what they mean to the uh, to Defy and wrestling itself, man. And uh, really great, great conversation. And I can't wait for people to hear it. Yeah, man, I'm very happy to hear about Jim Valley. I remember uh, telling you about Jim Valley after I ended up meeting him at a movie screening, Danny and myself, we went to go see a movie screening over there in, uh, I think it was Redmond. Uh, it was 350 days. It was like a wrestling documentary. Oh, yeah. It was myself, Danny, Jim, and a friend of his. And we just started talking because we were the only four people in the theater. Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm not even sure how Farmer's name came into the conversation, but everybody that knows wrestling in the Pacific Northwest knows Matt Farmer. So... I, I I should just leave it at that because his head's already big, <laughs> big enough. I, I don't want to inflate it anymore. But uh, yeah, you know, shout out to Jim Valley. That that dude has a lot of knowledge when it comes to stuff in the Pacific Northwest. Um, he does some great work with uh, the Wrestling Observer, and that dude's a fighter. I'm I'm glad to hear that he's recovering and doing well. Him and Matt, I don't know who knows more about the Pacific Northwest, but uh, Jim just. He's amazing with what he does, his voice on the air. just It comes off amazing, man, and uh, great to see him uh, coming back. Uh, let me ask your opinion real quick. Were you surprised when uh, Randy Meyer pinned Shaft? Yeah, I, I was not <laughs> expecting that one bit. I was shocked. I mean, I, I wasn't expecting that title to change hands at that show. Um, I did feel like the buildup was great. You know, the mods, the videos, the editing, all that that they had. You know, I, I remember they had uh, a screen on the stage kind of showing like a hype video before the match. It was built up great. Um, it was a shock. And I, I feel like that that's part of why we all love wrestling, the, the shock, the unexpected, uh, expect the unexpected. Um, it was great. And, you know, it, it seems like Randy's on his way to being the, the longest reigning Defy champion. And he hasn't even had to defend it yet, you know, <laughs> thanks to thanks to COVID. But um, I'm not sure what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it, it, it's going to be interesting when things come back. I mean. Oh, man, it was crazy because I think at the next show he was scheduled to take on uh, Judas Icarus, who's been totally up and coming. Kind of unexpected they got the shot at Defy, but I think he 
he won something, right? He got that medallion or whatever, so he got a shot maybe. But uh, I could be yeah, wrong. Yeah, he, he won the Defy to Survive at the anniversary show. Uh, third year anniversary, he won the Defy to Survive. That gave him a title shot. I think that would have been a great match also. I mean, it, it, it kind of would have been, you know, the the veteran of, of the Vancouver wrestling scene versus one of the new up-and-coming talent. I mean, over there in Vancouver, I don't know what they put in that water or what they put in their maple syrup, but all those guys and girls are great up there in Vancouver. A lot of untapped talent that is just going to bust out the scenes. I, I went up to Vancouver uh, in January for a show, and I was just so impressed by everybody. That's right. You hung out with our boy Scotty up there, didn't you? Correct. Shout out to Scotty. Um, you know, when it went up there for, uh, for a ballroom brawl show and it was a blast, got to see Bandito, got to see Artemis Spencer, got to see Tony Depp and got to see Jeff Cobb. I mean, it, it was a great night. It was actually a two night event, but due to work, I told myself that I could only go one of the nights. <laughs> my current self would have told my previous self, fuck it, just go. But, um. It is what it is, right? Hey, sometimes you got to think like a responsible adult, Manny. Although you're not even yeah. 30 yet, so I'm a little disappointed with you. I am. At that time, I wasn't. But yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm 30 now. But you are now. I don't want to say that too loud. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right, man. Hey, yeah. the ladies <sighs> the ladies like the single guys in their 30s, man. <laughs> I, had, I had my COVID birthday at the beginning <laughs> of the year. I, I thought this was going to be over by this time, but uh, who knows, man. Oh man, we'll get there. We'll get there. You know where else we need to get someday together, like we did another time, is we need to get over and see our good friends, Chris and Sandra, over at Nacho Mama Seattle, brother. It's been oh, a while yeah, since we've been nachos. there. Dude, mm -hmm. let me tell you where my friends are going to be this week. Coming this Wednesday, okay. the 18th, Black Raven Brewing in Redmond from 4 to 7 p.m. Thursday, the 19th, Stoop Brewing in Ballard, 5 to 8 p.m. Saturday, Urban Family Brewing in Ballard, 1 to 7 p.m. That is the 21st of November. And then Sunday, Locust Cider and Brewing. And then also five wineries at the Junction in Woodenville from 12 to 5 p.m. Dude, let's talk about some specials here. Manny, you want to talk about some specials? Of course, man. Uh, this week's special, they got the bourbon bacon brie nachos made with Fontina cheese sauce, bourbon glazed bacon, whipped brie, pickled red onions, arugula, balsamic reduction, and pickled jalapenos. They got the beef and lentil soup topped with pickled red onions and whipped brie. They got the bur oh. bourbon pecan brownie. That sounds amazing. Oh, oh. Dude. So you know you you gotta you gotta support these food trucks. You gotta support these restaurants. You gotta go get some food to go right now that they got the the stay at home order. We gotta make sure these people are still selling, still making the food. Gotta gotta support. Go get you some delicious nachos. Get you some alcohol and stay home. Watch some Netflix. Do whatever you gotta do. Why not? That's right, Daddy. Pick up your nachos today, tomorrow, the next day. Get a growler along with that from whatever brewery they're sitting at. My friends, nachomamaseattle.com. You can check out the menu there, the, the locations, the upcoming weeks there. Check out what they're all about over on Twitter, at nachomamasca, and then Facebook and Instagram, at nachomamaseattle, hashtag nachos and beer, hashtag nachomamaseattle. Manny, you got a hashtag for us? Hashtag delicious. Woo! <laughs> anyway, bro, 
let's get to the one and only Matt Farmer. I got to bring him on here. You know, I, I had to pay him a lot of money to get him on here. You know, he's a high priced free agent out there and, uh, I'm going to get him on. But again, I want to thank you, Manny, for coming on here, for all the support over the years for the podcast, being on here just about as much as anyone else coming on with me. I appreciate you so much. Uh, any final thoughts before I let you go and uh, we bring in old man Matt Farmer? Uh, no, brother. I just want to thank you once again for having me on here. It's always a good time being able to, you know, chit-chat a little bit, bullshit, you know, talk about wrestling. Um, yeah, just keep doing what you're doing. Stay safe. Whoever's listening, take care of yourself, be considerate, wear a fucking mask, and yeah, we'll see you at a wrestling show eventually. Hashtag wear a fucking mask. Manny, thanks so much, buddy. I'm going to let you go for the night. I'm going to head in, cook a little dinner for me, the wife, the child. Uh, Have you and the family had dinner tonight, or is your mom cooking you dinner? And I don't mean that as uh, an insult, by the way. Your mom's food, when you show it, looks like the best food i've seen in a while no man uh, i haven't had dinner yet I'm, I'm gonna have dinner in a bit all right man i'll let you go have a good night and uh have a good one i'll talk to you again soon yeah thank you brother now let's get to a little bit of uh you know, like I said, I could talk to you about Pacific Northwest stuff all day keep bringing stuff up we could be here for yeah. hours but uh let me talk some defy Dude, uh, I'm going to, there's been a lot of talent at Defy through the last three plus years now, you know, since, uh, 2017, I think is when it started January, 2017. Yes. But, um, dude, I was going to ask you about a few folks. I just wrote down some names. I could have been here again forever writing down a bunch of names, but I wrote down so many. Dude, a guy like Clark Connors, who's now, uh, over there with new Japan pro wrestling has been training over there for what? over a year, two years yeah. now, whatever it might be. Uh, what are your thoughts on a guy like that? Um, Clark to me is, you know, I, I've never said this before, but I'll say it now. He's the prototype of a great wrestler. Um, he's the prototype of a person and a wrestler that every promoter dreams about having. When you talked about earlier about young wrestlers trying to impress promoters, Clark is the definition of that. I met Clark. He showed up to help out with ring crew. He was extremely professional, did what he, what needed to be done. I mean, he was like one of those guys that you could see, like he was a go-getter right away. As soon as we had him start wrestling for us, you could see he had that talent. You know, it was a little raw, of course, because he was young. But everything he did, he put everything he had into it. And since he started training with New Japan, the LA Dojo, you know, he quickly became Shibata, one of Shibata's favorite students, and he's worked his ass off there as well. And right now, I want to say this to everybody. I think in the next year or two, he's going to be in conversations as the best wrestler in the world. I really think that. Um, if you look at it as in his intensity, and I know, you know, I'm saying I'm going to say a name that's kind of forbidden in the business, but Uh-oh. he reminds me of like a young Chris Benoit. Mm-hmm. Not in that he's a murderer, but in that 
he's got that crazy intensity that is rare in wrestling. And mark my words, in the next couple of years, he's going to be like in those discussions for being the best wrestler. Right now, fundamentally, he's in the top. You know, he, so yeah, he's he's got the world ahead of him. He's gonna he's gonna be you know he's gonna make a lot of money in this business. Oh, and he should because he's putting in. You know, I'm a fan from a fan's perspective. That guy is putting in the work. You know, yes, he went to like you said the New Japan, uh, the dojo, whatever whatever it might be called. But um, he's just incredible, man. And and to see him come home, yeah, you know, you know, at the New Japan to- show in Tacoma and the Defy show, that was incredible. And I'm sorry, what were you gonna say, sir? Well, to 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 get invited to the New Japan Dojo as a as a student there, that's a huge accomplishment alone because they're very picky, you know, about who they select to be in that dojo, and that's Shibata, you know, watching you and saying, "Okay, I think you've got potential to be like a star," and that's all. That's what it is, you know. That's what they're grooming you for. You know, and it's a slow grooming period. And when you join that that dojo, that's something you need to know that you're not going to be an overnight sensation, but you're putting in the work to have a long career in this business. And I mean, look at their success rate, the New Japan Dojo success rate for mm-hmm. stars. It's remarkable, you know. And um, that that's one of the things that I, a lot of the guys that come out of that dojo that gives them a huge advantage above everybody else. Hmm. Well, those shows in Tacoma were something else, man. Uh, the New Japan yeah. show, the Defy show, those, uh, oh, man, wh- what were those guys' name? They took on, uh, they were with Juice and Thunder Liger, taking um, on Ethan, Santiago, yeah, Pillman Jr., man. Those two guys, man, I those, those guys were amazing. Yeah, Carl Fredericks and Alex Alex Coughlin. Yeah, both of those guys were you know teammates of of Clark's, and I believe Carl has already graduated from the school, which means that he's now like everything in Japan is the hierarchy level, <laughs> um, and it has been that way since the 1950s in wrestling, you know, and I think he's graduated to that next step, um, but all of those guys in that dojo are going to be stars. Oh man. It's just, that's their success rate though. The new Japan dojos, their success rate is huge. It's like 70%, 75%. Everybody that graduates from those dojos, they become a big, they become a star. Well, let me ask you another guy that was just announced for uh, the new Japan, uh, cup or whatever it might be called. Uh, Leo rush, man, making a, a nice little comeback. You know, he had his, issues there in NXT and WWE. I thought he was great on the mic with, uh, what's his name? You know, uh, the big fella, Bobby Lashley. Um, yes. I thought Leo was great on the mic. I thought he was still a great wrestler. I'm sorry it didn't turn out for him, but it's good to see that, uh, you know, things are coming through for him and he's going to be on that. He's going to shine on that. I bet. Oh yeah. He's going to kill it. He really is going to do great. I think this is a great, uh, platform for him too. You know, this year, Unlike last year, they're, you know, you know the Super J Cup, we hosted the first stage of the Super J Cup last year. This year, they're only going to do it one night because of, due to COVID, you know. Right. Um, 
But having Leo there, that's tremendous because that guy, anybody in the Northwest that went to those Defy shows with Leo, they have to attest that he was awesome. You know, just the matches that he had. You know, I think our la- the last time we talked on the air on your podcast was in August of 2017. And, mm-hmm. and one of the matches we talked about was the rematch between Shane Strickland and Leo Rush. It was sick. And, yeah, and those guys, those matches were just freaking tremendous. And Leo's going to tear it up. You know, I, I think New Japan's a great platform for him to less politics, you know, more wrestling. Right. That, that's a great situation for him. Yeah, definitely, man. And uh, like I said, I, I really liked what he did on the mic in WWE and NXT and stuff. So uh, I'm glad he's getting a new fresh start for himself. But uh, another guy, man. He, he's not homegrown Definitely. here, but he came. He, he, it's almost like he's our own here. Jeff Cobb, man. He's new in New Japan stuff. Neil? He was big oh, with Jeff, yeah. uh, Ring of Honor for a while. Uh, your thoughts on that, gentlemen. Those matches with Brody, uh, with uh, Schaff, right? Yeah, he wrestled Schaff. He wrestled Brody. He's wrestled a lot of guys. You know, he made his big return this past uh, past February against Cody Chun. Yeah, that's you right. Know, they, they had a tremendous match, and just one of those guys I've known a long time. I've known, you know, heck, I, I've got, I, I got Jeff booked on some of his first mainland shows ever in the United States, you know, <laughs> besides wrestling in Hawaii where he worked for um, a promotion that my buddy Kaimana, who's also made some Defy appearances, um, you know, they worked, wrestled out there in Hawaii together. And when he moved over to the, to the mainland, uh, I helped him get some wrestling bookings. And so I, I've known that guy for 10 years now. Um, Jeff's a great guy, great wrestler, you know, and I know his dream has always been, and he's talked about this before, so I'm not pulling the curtain back here. His dream is to wrestle for new Japan pro wrestling. And that's what he's doing, you know, which is great. You know, really, I, I, he's one of those guys that I see him and I'm just so excited for him. And, proud to see what he's done you know he's wrestled in madison square garden the tokyo dome <laughs> i mean he's doing it you know and it's it's awesome to see really awesome very very awesome man i, I love that guy he's so and he's down to earth man when you see him at the shows as a fan you come yeah. up to him you start bullshitting with him it's like he's like you know you all his life or something you know you just start talking and have a good time with him yeah, definitely. Great, definitely. great guy. Really uh, guy. How about uh, Mr. Uh, Johnny Defiance, Johnny Morrison, Jim Helwig, <laughs> or not Helwig, excuse me. <laughs> Jim Helwig, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about, Mr. John Jim Morrison, Helwig. man. He, he had some good times here. He had his his film release uh, come up here. A lot of people went to that, man, and now he's with yeah. WWE. Wow, that, you know thinking back to that period, it's, it almost seems like a different lifetime ago, you know? Um, <laughs> it's only been, uh, you know, over three years, but it seems like it's been much longer than that because we've done so much since that time. But yeah, John Morrison's one of those guys who's always been a pleasure to work with from a management point of view. Um, you know, it's weird. There's certain wrestlers that come into your life and into your promotion that you you build a great working relationship with, and Morrison is one of those guys. And it's always great to see him succeed and guys like him succeed. And he's in that position now with WWE where, you know, he's been wrestling 
he's been in the business for such a long time that this might be his last big run in the WWE, which is good to see those guys get those opportunities to have mm-hmm. those those big runs, you know, towards the end of their career, which is awesome. And and put the money away for their families. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I mean by the big runs, you know. They exactly. get those opportunities to set themselves up for the rest of their lives. Um another guy like MVP, for instance, who, <laughs> you know, was was due to be on our last Defy show yep. before COVID. And he you know, man, he was gonna come in as just a producer. But now he's like in charge of one of the hottest acts in wrestling right now, the hurt business, you know, and it's great to see that it's great to see him thrive like that. Uh, to me, he, he's another guy like Morrison where, <laughs> um, it's just, you, you've, you're happy to, for their success. Well, how about a guy that's going to be uh, going this Saturday, man, at, uh, AEW, he's going to take on another guy that was at your first show and another show. Uh, Mr. Cody Rhodes. Yeah. Mr. Darby Allen, man. He's doing great there. Great things there. Great to see what he's doing. And, uh, you know, he's done a lot with uh, Defy, too, man. So how great is it to see what he's doing? Yeah, it's it's awesome to see Darby's success, too. You know, he's another one of those guys, local guys, that, you know, he's got, he's, I, I talked about a prototype earlier, but he's got a prototype. He he wrote a prototype prototype out for local wrestlers. Um, and it's something that a lot of local wrestlers, you know, if they really want to succeed in this business, they need to study what he did. Um, maybe don't copy what he does in the ring. That's not what I'm talking about. But what I'm saying is how he positioned himself in this industry. And I'm talking to those guys that are listening that are wrestlers themselves. He wrote that prototype. Um, He went and sought out a school where he learned proper wrestling fundamentals, which has nothing to do with his style necessarily in wrestling, except it has everything to do with what he does in the ring. But he sought out great fundamental training, and then he threw caution to the wind and traveled all around the world or traveled around the country, at least at first, um, making very little money, maybe saving up a little bit of money and then hitting the road and wrestling anywhere and everywhere he can to build up that experience, you know, and those experiences along the way is what got him noticed, you know, he would make those connections everywhere and then working for promotions like Defy, which <laughs> helped build his name up and get him a, a, a national recognition, you know, that's what leads you to those jobs, leads you to those national jobs, mm. which is great to see, you know, and he, that's, so a lot of, a lot of local wrestlers, they should look at that and see what he did and mimic it in some ways. I mean, damn, those coffin drops he was doing from the top of Washington Hall and, and down there in Portland at, what was it, Hawthorne yep. Theater? Like, my God, man, this guy, he lives it, he loves it, he puts his life on the damn line. Yeah, and that's something I wouldn't recommend for everybody to do. It takes a certain breed and uh, athleticism and, and being <laughs> a daredevil to do a lot of those things, and it's not something I would recommend to a lot of people. But... You know, 
it's helped him greatly. And, uh, you know, he's a phenomenal wrestler and he's one of those characters that he's going to get over more by who, by who he is than by what he does. And how about a guy that I don't think he's wrestled at defy, but he is a Northwest product. The one and only, uh, I think you mentioned him earlier, Luther man on AEW. Yeah, it's, that's awesome. I, I'm glad for <laughs> Luther, you know. I've no he's another guy like a Jim Valley that I've known forever and have been in circles with and wrestled I've never wrestled him, but you know, wrestled on a lot of the same shows with. Um and been in locker rooms with him and worked for him actually and uh, you know, it's great guy and it's good to see him with that success too. Oh, it's a lot of fun seeing him on there, man. Uh, you know, he was on the Jericho's podcast not too long ago too. And so yeah. really, really fun stuff. Uh, how about a guy like, uh, also AEW, Joey Janela, who's been up here a few times, man, uh, yeah. had some great yeah. matches, a great dude. Uh, your thoughts on that guy? Yeah. A lot like, a lot like Darby, you know? Um, yeah. Joey's one of those guys who's great to work with too. He's one of the guys that you enjoy working with, um, you know, very, uh, very much a good showman too, which is fun. And he's one of those guys that you, you see him, he's got a lot of personality and the fans love him and easy to work with. So yeah, I've got nothing but good things to say about Janela. And, I got like three more here. I mean, I could go sure. on and on with this again, obviously. We could be here all night. We're already over the hour, Mark. I hope we got another uh, oh, 15, yeah, 20 fine. minutes. Are we good? Now ask me a name of a wrestler that I don't like. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's uh, mix it up a little bit. Here. I no, can I'm probably joking. find one. But maybe, uh, how about, I don't know, maybe the biggest pop at any Defy show I've went to. Man, okay, there's two. There's two. There's okay. two pops. There's first... I'm just going to get to the one here. Lucha Bros, the surprise appearance. You surprised yeah. the hell out of us. The place almost blew the top off the roof. Yeah, that was awesome. It, it's funny because we were just talking about that over the weekend when we had our big uh, <laughs> our big, big uh, merchandise uh, live event on DefyWrestling.com. Um, somebody had, call, somebody had uh, um messaged in about asking Ethan about that moment and how shocked he was. And it was a shocking moment to everybody in the ring. And uh, I mean, out there in the, in the crowd, and I'll tell you what, there was maybe, <laughs> maybe five people tops. Yeah. Probably five people that knew they were in Seattle. Oh, wow. You know, so it was a shock to everybody. It was a shock to the wrestlers in the locker room. You know, it was it was a shock to everybody. You know, it, it was one of those things that it just came together and and uh, we made it work. Yeah, because let's get a little history on this. It was supposed to be Penta taking mm -hmm. on uh, Cody at the oh the the show in Tacoma, right? The correct. There was yes. night back not back back to back shows. Correct. Right. Yeah, we had a show in Tacoma on a on a Friday, Thursday or Friday, and then we had a show in Seattle the next night. Um, the Lucha Bros were both booked for that show. Um, the first night, Cody was supposed to wrestle Pentagon, and um, Ray Phoenix was going to be in like a mixed tag match with like 
oh no, it was going to be Ray Phoenix and Davy Boy mm-hmm. Smith Jr. versus um, Red Dragon. Yep, Red Dragon. On. And then the next night in Seattle, it was supposed to be Red Dragon versus the Lucha Bros. Yep. Um, and something unfortunately happened in Mexico, and and uh, Ray Phoenix and Pentagon were not able to make it. So what happened is. Uh, you know, men to their word, uh, Pentagon and Phoenix flew themselves up to Washington to make up for that date. And we decided that it was best to wait for our anniversary show as a, like a little, uh, (laughs) surprise to the fans, you know, on our, on our one year anniversary. And that's what we did. Um, so, you know, that, that, that was something that we wanted to do on that anniversary show, kind of like as a thank you to the fans who had been supporting us for a year. And it was awesome. Great. one. It was one of those moments in wrestling that you, it was as memorable for the reactions as it was for how awesome they were in the ring. You know? it, it, it was incredible. I was in the balcony that night. Maybe if you're looking at the stage on the, if you're staring at the stage, I was up on the left most of the way back but uh the pop that night was something yeah. else until yeah, it was one of those nights that seriously you f- could feel the cr- the floor shaking and things like that you yeah. feel and you see the crowd just it's almost like a wave they're moving up and down and that was the thing the biggest pop until the young bucks Came out of that thing. I was sitting behind, uh, me and my wife, Kim, we were sitting at Washington Hall behind, in the second row, behind Manny and Danny, like the first couple seats. Yes, yes. And when those guys came out, it was like incredible. The floor shook, my heart could feel it, like, man, and someone got it on, like, I think uh, Ray sent. Ray or one of those guys got it on uh, tape, man. So they got us on yeah. a little gif or whatever you call it, man. It was so much fun, and that was amazing that night. And they came out and kicked the hell out of somebody, I think. And then, that, man. That's one of those moments you could go, like, on YouTube, and you could see, like, Young Bucks surprised to fire or whatever. And and there's tons of video shorts that people took on their phones <laughs> of their coming them coming out. And you could just hear the crowd just going ridiculous crazy when their music hit it it was it was so funny because you heard the chords of their music hit you know that guitar riff and everybody's kind of like looking at each other like oh my god is this real and then it says super kick party and they would step out and people just start going crazy oh you know and that was another situation where it was you know i'd been talking to to matt jackson for a couple weeks and just something we set up and it was uh, really just a cool moment, you know. And th- you know they put it on their uh, their being the elite show, and mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Well, it was cool that day because they like tweeted out something like they were at a Starbucks or something, right? So everyone was like, oh, "What?" Yeah, you know. Right. And even then, it was like they're not going to really be here, right? Yeah. And then. Yeah. It was funny because they went to the very, the very first Starbucks in Seattle, you know, that location that a lot of people go to, Uh it's kind of like a tourist site and they went to that and, um, originally we were going to keep it completely secret, you know, which would have been interesting too, but 
I think they kind of wanted to tease it a little just for their own amusement. <laughs> yeah, just to have a little fun, put everyone on edge, but man. Yeah, yeah those they'd, two... they'd never been to Seattle before, so it was fun for them to get a, hang around town. Oh, was it? They came in and took out uh, Roses and somebody, wasn't it? Yeah, they came out and took out uh, King Cash, That's right. uh, Carl, Carl Randers, and uh, <laughs> and uh, Guillermo. Oh, man, that was so much fun. What a great yeah. night, man. Uh, thank you so much for uh, making that happen, you and, uh, and you and Jim. Oh, definitely, definitely, yeah, it was a lot of fun. All right, I want to bring up two more names before we move okay. on here because, man, we're over the hour mark here, and we got so much stuff to talk about here yet. But yeah. uh, before I get to the main one, uh Referee Aubrey Edwards, man, over at AEW. Who would have thought yeah. that gal, that incredible person, uh, would be doing that, man? And it's so cool to see what she's doing. She's even got her own podcast. Yeah, she's got her own podcast <laughs> with Tony Schiavone. She's, you know, one of the top refs in the business now. That's great to see. You know, she's one of those people that, she was one of those people that came in and worked again that, like, Kind of, she kind of reminds me of Clark in a lot of ways in that she came in and she was all business. Great to be around, don't get me wrong, but when she was there, she was all business. She, <laughs> you know, would keep keep track. She would write down notes of things. She would ask what she could work on to improve herself, and she took it very seriously, which is something that I always really appreciate in wrestling because there's a lot of people that get involved in wrestling that don't take it seriously, and it's kind of fun for them to do but they don't necessarily take it seriously. Flip coin of that, you got somebody like an Aubrey who takes it extremely seriously mm. and it pays off dividends for them, you know? It's great to see her doing that well every week. Oh, it's great for her. And uh, just to let everyone know, before Aubrey had her own podcast, mm -hmm. she was on this one a couple times. Was she? <laughs> so are you trying to tell people to go back and listen to her? Oh, I put it up a couple times. I relaunched those a couple times just to oh, just okay. get some listens. But, you know, it yeah. is what it is. But, uh, dude, um, let's see here. One more name. Are you going to bring up somebody else that has their own podcast too? I am going to bring up someone that has their own podcast, not only their own podcast. Recently, this podcast has been a... Ethan on. HD. No, not that oh. guy. He's also He's got, got a great podcast, podcast the Traveling Podcast, by the way. Yeah. But I'm talking about the one, the only, Swerve himself. Isaiah. Yeah, he's Shane Strickland, man. <laughs> Shane yeah, Strickland here. Exactly. From Tacoma, exactly. Washington, and man, he's got his own podcast on the network. He's doing great things in NXT. This guy is taking things and grabbing it and moving on and uh, doing his thing, man. Uh, what do you think about the Swerve, man? Oh man, I hate that guy. I know he's gross. Know, I'm just, I'm just joking, of course. Uh, <laughs> man, you know, Shane is awesome. Um, I also want to give a shout out to his podcast partner Montezzi, who's oh, also yeah. our buddy. Our friend, um, Swerve. Swerve, yeah, like Swerve. those guys are awesome, man. It was it's great. It was always great having Swerve out here. It was always great seeing Shane. He was a guy that, like you know, Jim really want. You know, that was somebody that Defy and 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 Shane is somebody that like Jim and I really like. We, you know, we wanted. 
when you thought of Defy, you thought of Shane. And for the longest time, they were synonymous with each other, you know? Defy's, Defy's um, peri- growth period coincided with Shane's growth period in wrestling, mm. you know? And it, it was it's phenomenal to see. It was phenomenal to see Shane in that position. To see where he's at now, it's just it's it's awesome. It's mind blowing. Um, I knew when Shane went there, and it when somebody goes to like a big promotion, especially when you work with them a lot, you have people that will reach out to you to get your opinions about it, or you will. Myself, because I've been around wrestling for so long, I've made acquaintances and friendships with a lot of people that work in all these different promotions. I would have people from, say, WWE reach out to me and ask me questions about Shane, and they would ask me about his personality and um, what's he like to work with and things like that. And, you know, he's one of those guys that he's easy to give a, like a good report card on, right? Because he's such a great guy. And, um, I remember telling one of the one of the people that's involved with uh, the PC over there um, in, in for NXT. You know, one of the guys who's a one of their head coaches. And I, I just remember saying, I was like, you know, Shane's got it. He's got that thing. He's got it that you want. Um, I was like, he's going to go in there, and you guys are going to be impressed with him. He's a great guy, and he's going to be a star for you guys. You know, and I remember telling him that. And this was like a year before he, uh, maybe six months before he actually signed, somewhere around there. <laughs> it was within that year that we started hearing rumblings that they, you know, WWE was interested in him. So it, it's great to see, you know. And <laughs> I, I see more of Shane. I see him going on to Raw. I see him becoming a regular part, Raw or SmackDown, you know what I mean? But <laughs> I see him going on to be a fixture in that company. And says a lot that they have so much faith in him that they put his podcast on the network, you know, and that's awesome to see too, because to see what Shane and, and Montezzi do each week to put that show together, it's great to see them being recognized on the WWE network. Oh, it's, it's great for them. They got their heads on, uh, you know, really good, man. They're doing great things over there. And, uh, you know, like you said, I can see Shane, Mr. Strickland or whatever they call him, Isaiah, um, doing a lot of great things there. Cause he'll give them everything he's got to give, you know, for whatever they want. I think. Yeah. He's the guy. Yeah, yeah definitely. It, it doesn't hurt that he's got some flubs as guests over there on his show for the <laughs> network. I mean, geez, look, look who he's got for the guests on his show the last three weeks. It's been amazing, you know? So, <laughs> Yeah, it, it's awesome. And I'm also especially proud to see Montezzi up there, too, because he's worked really hard on that podcast as well, and he's very talented music producer and creator. Mm-hmm. And I think he's helped Shane a lot, too, because he's helped Shane um, bring out a lot of that artistic side of him himself. Okay. So they, they make a great combo They together. do great together. They're a great combo, and... Uh... Man, which show was that that uh, they did the? Uh, he came out and did the opening live, right? Yeah, he did the opening live with Shane. We also had our very own live 
uh, Swerve City podcast at Washington yep. Hall one afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember Melissa Santos and Brian Cage were the special guests that night. And, oh, um, man. See, yeah, so I mean, now you're bringing yeah. up stuff. Melissa Santos doing the announcing at Washington Hall in yeah. between seeing her up on the stage, just mingling with people up there. She looks like she was having a blast, man. Oh, yeah, she was having so much fun. And I remember <laughs> that night, it was so hot in there. Yep. It was our Defiance United show where we had the crew from Progress over, <laughs> you know, and it was. Man, it was like 90-something degrees in that building. It was super hot, and I know she was just, like, sweating, but she was, like, <laughs> just giddy with how much fun she was having. Oh, man, what a, what a great night, man. Uh, you know, Migs couldn't make it, so you, you brought in the next best thing you could. Melissa Santos, man, how cool was that? Yeah. After watching her on uh, Lucha you know, Lucha Underground doing the, uh, the stuff on there and, you know, talking about introducing Brian Cage from the, the five, five, nine or whatever the hell it was. I think I got it right, but man, yeah. so much fun. Yeah. That was a blast. That was <laughs> speaking about fun. Let's talk about defy and the big merch drop the other night. Uh, you guys had the big show, mm-hmm. uh, hosted by these guys need their own show, man, together. They, Ethan they HD and Steve Miggs. Man, this was on defywrestling.com. I think you could watch this for free. And they were yes. selling merch, but it was a god. It, it, this needed to be a Netflix show. This was hilarious, dude. Tell us about yeah, this they, and how it went like down. The modern day Laurel, Laurel and Hardy or something like that, you know? <laughs> And people listening to this are like, what the hell is that? I've never heard of Laurel and Hardy. But no, they yeah, those two guys were good together. It was hilarious. There were times I, I was sitting off to the side, you know, and um, it was something that Annie put together. You know, she's like our, handles a lot of our merchandise and uh, does a lot of producing for Defy. And uh, it was great, great event, a lot of fun. Um, By the way, that's at A-N-N. I E X V W, I believe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Go Let's ahead, sir. Shout Sorry. out her twi- Twitter. Yep. Shout out, man. She got those great stickers. She's doing all kinds of cool shit. Yes. Yes. Go to, yeah, defywrestling.com. We also got her Defy Patreon up there, too. We just did an awesome, uh, two weeks ago, we did a really awesome watch along with the one and only Brody King. Mm hmm which was a lot of fun. You know, we watched one of his favorite matches from Defy and uh, got an opportunity to talk about it with Brody while watching the match. And, man, huge success. Brody loved it, too. (laughs) A lot of fun. And everybody that signed up were able to watch that. And it was a blast. Oh, man. Uh, So tell us about this. What's, you know, this Patreon thing came along because, obviously, the pandemic wrestling shut mm-hmm. down Defy can't, you know, do what they need to do, man. Uh, who came up with this, uh, th- this, um, idea and, uh, you know, what's to come with it? What, what, what else can we expect? Well, we've got a lot of different shows coming up with it. We've got some podcasts. We've got a podcast with Kevin Deers. Who's going to be, um, he'll be interviewing different wrestlers with Defy. I know his first guest was rare, the world champ. Randy Myers. Nice. Um, we're going to be doing a lot of, uh, there, there's going to be a lot of written contact, uh, special merch drops. Um, we're also going to be doing, continuing our, our live watch long series, which will 
we'll be bringing in different wrestlers from different periods of time with Defy and doing doing some fun, cool content stuff. And, you know, the mad scientist, uh, Jim Perry, was one of the creators behind it and had the idea. I don't know who came up with the idea, but, you know, he's the one that put it, put it into motion. So, yeah, it, there's going to be some great content coming up on there. Well, I'm looking forward to it here because, you know, to be honest, I don't see anytime soon this year and maybe early next year where we're going to get to any shows, right? So the more content yourself can put up, other promotions, things like that, man, this this sounds like a lot of fun, especially the, the interviews with Kevin, you know, with, uh, with a lot of the talent and things like that, the watch-alongs. That's going to be a really, really great stuff. Yeah, definitely. And we've got a lot of cool things we have in store for the future. Um, yeah, we've got some interesting stuff coming up that we, we will be announcing sometime in the near future. You know, like you said, it's 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 not really appropriate to run live events right now just because of the, the what's going on. Um, it's safe to, to do it safely, it's really incredibly hard to do that, you know. Right. So it, who knows what the future is going to hold right now. Well, especially, you know, it's, it's winter's kicking in. You can't like, you know, our, our laws here are not maybe what it is in Indianapolis or places like that, that can have those outdoor shows, but the outdoor shows are stopping now because it's getting cold outside. Yeah. You know, it's getting cold. And also, you know, I think we've seen in the, uh, you know, we, we've seen a lot of those shows and they were not successfully healthy shows right you know we saw the aftermath of at a, at a lot of these events that have been taking place that were not being uh, promoted safely and you know unfortunately a lot of people have been out with yeah. covid and spreading it around and well, things like that didn't think it went for that uh, was the weekend they call it where there's a lot of shows in that one place uh oh god I can't think of it, but anyway, it was a few yeah. weeks back, and they had the shows all in one place, and the, the collection or something like that, I think, and uh, some things happened after that, so that wasn't really good. Yeah, and it, you know, it's not necessarily worth it right now for us to for Defy to put people people's health at risks, you know. So it, it's it's something that we want to be we want to do safely. When we could safely start running events, we will. Um, until then, we're going to produce some cool content for our <laughs> Patreon and other outlets too well, so. as a fan myself i'm looking forward to that content you know i'm always looking for content from the the wrestling promotions i love so looking forward to that yeah, but uh you know thank you lyle hey here's a question yeah or here's a thought it just a recently thought. popped up man i think on october 31st which is also my wedding anniversary and halloween by the way uh mm -hmm. brody king the mask picture man won Everyone kind of knew it was his last night for a while there at Defy, you know, Manny, John, you know, all those guys, they masked up and went down there. What a great picture that was, man. What were your thoughts that, on uh, seeing that picture pop up today? That was really awesome. Or not man. today, that, excuse me, but a few days ago. Yeah, well, I actually popped it up myself. <laughs> I, you know, you get, those, you get those weird Facebook reminders, and so I saw <laughs> it, and I just talked to Brody like the night or two before. And we were kind of reminiscing. And so I was like, oh, geez, this just popped up. So I threw it up there. It's one of Brody's favorite moments of his career. Um, we talked a little bit about it on the Patreon. Um, you know, and it was one of those moments where when we brought Brody back this past January for our 
um, year three anniversary, which was a surprise to a lot of people where he came back and wrestled Cody Chun. Yeah, that that was great. That was another one of those moments. It was a lot like the, you know, like the Young Bucks or the Lucha Bros where fans were not expecting that one. And when he came out there, that place came unglued. Well, Cody Chun, man, like he wrestled him and Cobb and... Man, maybe somebody else between there, man. I, he took a beating, but he gave it everything he had. I, I love me some Cody yeah. Chun, man. And, you know, you got to remember, last year, 2019 match, Defy Match of the Year. Yes, sir. Cody Chun and Jake Atlas, they tore that house down. Incredible. You know, incredible. He also had the runner-up match of the year, too, with Christopher Daniels. Oh, man. I, I wasn't there for that one, but that sounds incredible that too. That match was tremendous, and it was one of those matches that Christopher Daniels, who's you know a twenty-plus-year veteran, loved. He thought that match was awesome. Um, yeah, it was a match that you know you know people should go out of their way to go watch. It was <laughs> tremendous. <laughs> well, real quick, you know, I just since you said that about Christopher Daniels, how cool is it when they come in? You know, Christopher Daniels, and you know anyone else that comes in, mm-hmm. and they go, you know, you're doing it right here these guys that are wrestling they know what they're doing we love to come to defy man how's that feel yeah that that's a huge compliment you know and <laughs> it's something that you know it's it's it, it's it's such a huge compliment that it just it makes you feel good about what you're doing makes you feel good about the fans you know and one thing that Jim and I, we always talk about are the fans with the fight. It's something that we take very personal, you know, and Annie, we take this very personally, like our fan base. We love those fans, you know, what a great, you know, this Lyle, because you go to the shows all the time. The people that are there that attend they're for the most, you know, they're all just like so nice and welcome and warm mm-hmm. and, you know, I, it's great. You you walk in there and you might not know everybody, but everybody's so nice and happy and <laughs> excited. And yeah, it's just a great atmosphere. You know, those people are just some of the coolest people around, you know, and it's, it's really awesome to see. Well, just speaking on that real quick, you're 100% correct. You know, I've met guys like Philip, you know, who writes the mm-hmm. articles, Manny, Beast Mode Manny on Twitter. Danny, oh, jerk. you know, <laughs> you know, John and his brother yeah. and Myron and, you know, there's so many people I've met going to these wrestling shows and it makes me feel, you know, I didn't get to know these people when I went to wrestling shows at the Seattle center arena in 1985. Yeah. You don't get to know people like that, but now with social media, the show that's 500 to 700 to 800 people, you get to know each other and it's just so much fun. Yeah. You look forward to seeing those people there man each and every week yeah. each and every month i should say i i i completely agree 100 percent. i don't know everybody's names i know <clears> a lot of their names you know it, it's hard to you know i'm horrible about remembering people's names but i know a lot of people's <laughs> names that are there and i i've gotten to know a lot of the people and man i just i see them and every time i see them I, it just makes me happy and i get a chance to talk to these people you know and one of the things that we are so proud about is that, and everybody that I talk to from wrestlers to people that work in our crew or visitors or friends of wrestlers, they always commend co- comment about how 
nice everybody is there. And it's something that I always talk about because there's so many cool people that we get to see each week, you know, each month that we run shows at Washington Hall or down in Portland or in Tacoma or wherever, you know, it's like, I, I, every night, every time I'm done with the show, I'm just happy because it's great seeing everybody else so happy. Well, you're absolutely right. You get to see the people there. We get to interact. Intermission comes. We get to hang out with some of the wrestlers. We get to say hi to each other. We get to say, Hey, what's up, Matt? As you're walking by or you're hanging out too, or Jim or Migs or, you know, yeah. and it, it's a freaking blast. It, it's like a family. And I feel that way about another show that takes place up North. And, uh, you know, I love professional wrestling. It makes me feel yeah. so happy to be able to go to these places and we all know each other for the most part. Maybe we won't remember each other's names, like you said, yeah. but you can high five, you know, when we can high yeah. five again and, you know, fist bump and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it, it is so much fun. Hey, what's up, man? Okay. We'll talk to you more intermission. The match is about to start here. I'm going to go hit my seat and it's a blast, dude. Yeah, exactly. Like, like you were saying, there are certain people that we, I, they might not know my name or I might not know their name. But I know that that person enjoyed that last match, <laughs> and so in intermission, I'll go up and we'll we'll talk for a second, and I'll, they'll always say, "Oh, I loved seeing that," or I, I'll know like a certain fan, you know, a certain fan's favorite wrestler, you know, is Ray Horace or something, and <laughs> they'll see him, and I'll be like, "Oh man, that was so exciting to see her." Man, seeing Super Crazy come out of nowhere yeah. as a surprise guest and wrestle Brody King. That was so amazing, you know? Or getting to see Ultimo Dragon wrestle, you know, in 2019 in Seattle was so amazing. He was a f- I've been a fan of his for 20 years. I never thought I'd see this guy. It's it's awesome, you know, to getting those moments and sharing those moments with people. To see Brian Cage like Chop, oh, was it Jack Evans in the corner that time? If I'm not mistaken. But anyway, man, to see him and then walk over and see him at a table and his arms bigger than my entire body. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you you know, you you see it on TV, right? Yeah. But until you walk up in that live setting and that dude's just talking to you because he's going to, you know, you're going to buy a shirt and get a pick and stuff and he's excited and you're excited Man, it's so much. Just it, it, it's such a high, as I guess I'm, I'm trying yeah. to say. I agree. I agree completely. Or getting a chance to see like a Jushin Liger or somebody oh, like that. Oh you know? shit! Um, you, you know, it's like I know those guys that got an opportunity to wrestle him. How excited they were! I know a lot of those fans. How excited they were to see him! I know how excited I was as a as a longtime fan myself was to see Jushin Liger, you know, or, you know, even a Rocky Romero or a Juice <sighs> Robinson or something like that, you know, Love me some those Rocky little Romero. moments right there, you know, there's moments like that, that certain people, it'll touch a certain person and they'll remember that the rest of their lives. Dude, watch Romero was the guy that would kind of like sit there and then he'd run off in the corner, then run back and kick the guy. And then mm-hmm. yep. I freaking loved that. Like he'd almost you know, pose to the crowd real quick and then run back yeah. over and nail that guy with a knee. That was, well, you badass. know, he wrestled Clark Connor that night and yep. that was a tremendous match, you know, <laughs> tremendous match. That was a great night of wrestling. 
You know, that was a night of wrestling that a lot of those fans, I know that we made a lot of new fans that night because I've talked to them. And some of them, it's like a memory in their life that they'll never forget. Dude, it's fantastic stuff uh, at the yeah. five shows. And let me just ask you, and you may have already answered this. Mm-hmm. What are your couple, um, you know, what personally for you, for you, mm-hmm. stands out? in these defy shows, the couple memories that, you know, you can't even handle yourself as a fan and promoter booker, whatever you want to call yourself. Yeah. What is it that like jumps out at you that you just loved that you couldn't even believe that you put over, right? (laughs) Yeah. You know, I, I, a few of the things that really stick in my mind. Um, one of them was, the the what the the general feeling was after the very first um Shane Strickland versus Leo Rush match you know um that that's one of those matches that was almost uh it, it was almost like promotion defining matches because it was so good you know it was as good as anything in the world you know, for any promotion anywhere. And it took place in Seattle, you know, when in a time when there was not a lot of indie wrestling going on in Seattle, not, not a lot of, especially not like a lot of high level independent wrestling in Seattle, you know, um, it was only our third show at the time our second show, third show. I think it was, I can't even remember now. Jeez. Third show. <laughs> our set. Yeah. It was our second show. And, um, yeah, second show that was yeah, my, second. Fir- your second show was my first show. And because I heard about it, the first one, Cody Rhodes against Shane Strickland. And I heard what else yeah. I was like, I don't know, man, this, those, those tickets are kind of pricey. I don't know what the hell is going on to be honest with you. But then I heard about yeah. it and I'm like, I am so pissed off. I didn't go to that first show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that, you know, that, that Shane and I, and I'm sure you remember the Shane and Leo match. Yes, I do. That was, we were about third row, maybe kind of, um, you know, opposite the stage on the other side. And it was just, I've never, to be that close and see what they were doing was something incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Leo Rush, I mean, Shane's incredible, but Leo Rush, he, the, the guy's smaller than I am. And yeah. he goes out there and he looks just incredible. It looks like a million bucks and the, the high flying stuff. And they were hitting everything that night perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. And that match, that was one of those moments where that really stood out for me as a, you know, being involved in wrestling that, cause that really, the, because that night and the day after we got a lot of, of buzz, you know, international buzz, national buzz and things like that. So that, that's one of those things that I remember a lot. Um, Jushin Liger was a big one for me. Mm -hmm. That was a big moment just because I, he's one of those guys that I've been a fan of since he started wrestling. I was one of those early, Japanese tape traders, <laughs> you know, I, I've been getting tapes from Japan since the eighties. And so Liger was a big part of that. So he was one of those guys. So that was another big one too. 
Oh man, those were a fun couple days seeing Juicens on their Liger, man. Like that was something yeah. else. And that six man, like I said earlier, you know, and at the end, uh, Pillman Jr. was like, you know, paying homage to yeah. uh, to him was was freaking incredible, man. That and you guys were the first guys to do that. Those two in yeah, the we, ring, right? Yeah, we were the only ones to do it. Only ones. Yeah, the only ones to do it. Um, that was Pillman's only time to be in the ring with Liger at the time. Did he let you so, know how much he appreciated that? Yeah, and it's something that he's we've talked about, you know, pre-COVID. Uh, you know, Brian was going to be a regular part of Defy, you know, and um, thing, you know, of course, things changed because COVID happened and everything like that. But Brian was scheduled to come back on a pretty regular basis for Defy, so that would have been great mm. to see, you know. Oh, definitely, um, man. He he's a fantastic wrestler. He he's been doing some good stuff with AEW. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, and who who knows what what'll happen once things get you know things get back to running and stuff like that. But uh, um, you know that that was a moment that Brian's always going to remember. Oh, definitely. You know? So how tough was it for you guys at Defy, man? You you got Randy Myers. He had the uh, big upset win mm-hmm. over Shaft. At that last show. And then also you have four minutes of heat right now, you know, with your tag belts, you know, you know, I'm sure you guys had big plans for them. I'm sure you're not going to tell us what was happening, but, uh, how hard was that to just like, oh, God dang, we can't do anything now. Man, you know, I feel really bad, especially like in Randy's case, because that, that was another one of those moments. And I'm not sure if you were in attendance that night, but that was one of those moments where. Randy's one of those guys that personally, like as a person and personally as, uh, as a creative person, Randy is one of those guys that I feel a lot of, of connection with. Um, you know, I've known Randy for numerous years and, uh, there's a lot more that between us than just defy that goes back years and years ago. He's a guy that I've been posturing and and asking promoters to use randy to book randy on events for years even before defy started and it it was always a hard sell for for randy because you know he's from british columbia and a lot of politics take place in wrestling and things like that and it was just one of those things it was hard to get other promoters to see what i saw and to see his abilities, um, you know, like I remember book, helping Randy get booked on a on a little tour, and you know they did book him, but they used him in the first match and didn't feature him or anything like that. And mm. I remember talking to the promoter, and I was like, you know, this is a this guy's got it, you know, this guy's got got all the charisma, you know, you should be, you you know, this is a guy you should be featuring, but. You know, it's his own. It's the that promoter's own right. He had the right to choose who he liked and didn't like, and so he didn't. You know, but to see how Randy grew has grown with Defy has been just tremendous for me. Um, I love seeing Randy in that position because I think he's got all the tools and skills and um, and personality to be in that position. And, uh, it, it was great seeing him crowned, <laughs> you know, 
it, it was really emotional for Randy, and oh, it was emotional man. for the fans too, which is one of those moments that like people remember. And that was one of the big ones with Defy too. That was like a seeing guys like Randy, seeing Shaf, mm. seeing Artie, um, seeing Shane, oh, and yeah. guys like that win the championship and the emotion that it brings out in them. Those are big moments to me. Oh, they're huge moments, man. I remember uh, being at Tacoma mm-hmm. when uh, Shaft defeated Artie. Yeah. And I didn't know it was going to happen, man. And I was there by myself up in the balcony. And I'm like, yeah, he's not going to get this. He's not. Holy shit. He got it, you know. Yeah. And it was goosebumps. It was like, you know. Yeah. It was so awesome because you didn't think it was going to happen. And it did. It was so amazing. Yeah, yeah, it, it, I and and it, those moments right there, those are big moments. Those are big moments for me. It's big moments for those wrestlers. Um, and it was great to see both Artemis and Shaft. You know, the, those those wins and those matches and those moments help give them opportunities. And same with Randy too. In other states, you know, they they right. were able to get booked in other regions. Artemis was able to go to the UK. And represent Defy for progress for the big, you know, Sweet 16 or their uh, super strong style 16. Mm-hmm. Um, Shaft was able to get booked in a lot of other states and go down to LA for PCW Ultra. Yep. Same with Randy. And it, it was great to see those happen. It was great to see Artemis go down to and work for um, and wrestle in Bola this past year. Yep. You know, and well, those, those moments mean a lot. Well, I got to think that those without the pandemic without Corona, those two guys at least would be a little bit, uh, farther ahead. They've, I think they've, we're going to do some stuff and then that kind of slowed it down. I think anyway, I don't know for sure, but I would think Shaft and that Artemis. I could guarantee you they were, I, you know, I, 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 I was privy to a lot of those details and a lot of those plans and they had, you know, opportunities to do a lot of traveling this year. And, um, they, they, you know, their names would have been bigger, but you know uh, that 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 goes for a lot of wrestlers. <laughs> right, right, right. Know, right now, so anyway, man, we probably should head out here, man. We're on, we're yeah. heading up on the two hour mark here. This is it happens Holy every God. time with me and you. The last time I think was the longest podcast to date that I did with you. I think there was one other that maybe was longer, but that podcast is not available for anyone to hear anymore because it was one of those. Uh, people that were eliminated but anyway yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go hey man uh if we want to get defy merch how do you get that right now head over to defywrestling.com um yeah defywrestling.com you could also jump on our patreon over there also give annie a follow like on twitter or instagram she's got great but, stickers yeah she's got some great stickers she's got some great merch um she drops a lot of the merch also, so follow her and uh, follow Defy on Facebook also. That a lot of those, you yeah. know, we we usually drop a lot of those merch drops on Facebook too. And uh, the social media on uh, Facebook and Twitter at Defy NW on all platforms. And uh, there's also the Patreon right now, right? Yep. Yeah, and you could just jump on that Defy Patreon. Def- I think it's Patreon slash defy but there's also a link on our website too so all right and there's a lot of great stuff coming off there podcasts 
videos, all kinds of cool stuff, it sounds like, man. And uh, Matt, before I let you go, any final thoughts before we head off into the great Northwest moon no, man, sunset just tonight? Everybody have, have a good time. Be safe. Uh, can't wait to see everybody's face in person again. And, uh, yeah, that's about all for right now. Hey, man, thank you so much for coming on here tonight. Uh, man, we almost got my, enough material here for two uh-uh. podcasts, just like your All good right. buddy, Proper Jams Cra- on Twitter, Craigie Craig. Craigie Waggy. <laughs> yeah. man. I'm going to have to remember yeah. that next time I talk to him. Anyway, man, Matt, have All a great right, night, and I uh, appreciate you so much. Thank you. Take care. This episode recorded at the Bigfoot headquarters. This has been a Swagamore production production.